Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome Elsa Trevino Dominguez to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. So Elsa, could you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background with school libraries? Yeah, um, thank you for having me. Yes. So I just completed my 11th year as librarian. Um, I've done six years at the high school level and five years at the middle school level. All right. I, I started off at a high school library in El Paso, Texas. Okay. And then two years later, I moved to San Antonio, Texas. So my first five years here, I worked at a middle at the middle school level, and then I moved back up to high school, and I've been doing high school for the last four years. Okay, let me just get your opinion on that because people will ask, and I always worked elementary, so I don't have any secondary experience. But what do you see as kind of like the difference? Like if somebody was saying, what's the big difference between middle school and high school library work? Oh, so there's pros and cons for sure. So I just have to say that I never loved it working at the middle school. <laughs> I liked it, but my heart is uh, with the high school kids. Okay. Um, the middle school students are just, um, that age, age group is too young for me, a little too immature. Um, but what I did like about that is that I was able to do so many more activities because they still respond well. They're not jaded or too cool yet. Okay. <laughs> like the, some of the high school students. So they, I had more participation when I had activities in the library or contests or things like that. The high school students um, are more independent, but I like the level of conversation and thought that I can have with them. Mm, okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, see, and so with me only in the elementary, uh, my teaching was pre-K, kinder, first, second, and fifth grade, you know, so I liked the fifth grade um, because I could have conversations with them, you know, compared to the babies that I would, you know, was used to working with, but yeah. I, I love the little ones because like you were saying, they weren't jaded yet. They just loved you to death, you know, that they were just there to please you and make you happy and... <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, different ends of the age spectrum, but the same same kind of experiences, really and truly. Right. Well, Elsie, you talked about your first couple of years were, were in El Paso. Um, tell, tell us some stories. Of, what do you remember about your first couple of years in the library? Honestly, I remember thinking, man, I made the right decision oh, switching so over to the library. <laughs> awesome. um, I, I used to teach English, and I loved it. But I felt stifled. Um, I couldn't do what I wanted to do as an educator. Mm -hmm. I didn't have as much freedom. And I thought, well, what's the next best thing? And then I thought, well, I can, I can be a librarian. <laughs> and I was very lucky because uh, my school district at the time hired librarians without a degree, as long as they had at least 12 credit hours in the field and were working on their degree. Okay. So when I got hired, I had one year of grad school under my belt, and then I finished two years later. Okay. Um, 
it was nice because I got to put into practice what I was learning right then and there. And that helped me a lot, both in my job as librarian and in my library science classes, you know? Yeah. I got to implement the, the theories, techniques, technology, etc. All that stuff that I was learning about, which made me feel kind of like I was cutting edge because I was using the latest ideas, you know, and uh, it helped me in my classes because I had real time knowledge and data of what worked in practice to support the theories and such that I had to write about and talk about in my classes. Ah, that makes perfect sense. Very good. Wow. And this is also one of my earliest experiences in which I got to see the power of graphic novels. Ah. Yeah, I worked with a reading class of remedial and repeat freshmen my first year as librarian, and I see them weekly for the entire school year. And <clears throat> although initially it was a struggle, um, I finally did have success with them towards the end after a lot of just uh, um, tug and pull and just, you know, just struggling to get the kids uh, engaged. Mm -hmm. Towards the end of the school year, I decided to switch from using short stories and, and novels to using a graphic novel. Okay. I used Jean Neri's uh, the Yummy, The Last Days of a Southside Shorty. And the students were the most attentive and the most active with this book than with anything else I had previously used. That's they wanted it. to keep reading. They wanted to find out what was going to happen next. And this is just one of my favorite experience from my first year as librarian. Okay, very good. Uh, well, I love that you were able to, what you were saying, apply immediately, you know, what you were studying in school. Is, is there any kind of advice that would have helped you out? Um, as you were getting started? A device? No, no, ad advice, any kind of- Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, yes, okay. <laughs> um, absolutely. First, um, I'd say, um, I think a lot of librarians um, now would feel the same, that it's okay to feel incompetent or like you're not doing enough. You know, that's normal, yeah. but don't stay there. Yeah. Look for movers and shakers in education and in the library world to help you get fired up and motivated. Exactly. That may be a colleague or someone on social media, you know, like stay fresh. Don't just stay sulking in your thoughts of, oh, I'm not good enough. Yeah. 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 And, and I think the, the popular buzzword right now is imposter syndrome. You know, right. you're not an imposter. You really can do this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Get better. So. <laughs> That's good. All right. Well, Elsa, we're, everyone is so looking forward to the start of the next school year and, you know, just hoping for fresh starts and lots of face-to-face -face things. So what kind of things are you planning as you're starting to think about next school year? You know what, I'm sorry. I meant to say one more thing about the advice because I feel very strongly about this. Okay. If you don't mind. No. I would also like to have heard to stick to your guns when you believe in something that you see is beneficial, beneficial for the students, okay. even when others don't see it that way and fight for it. Professionally, of course. Yeah. And although we serve everyone, students and teachers, students come first. 
after all, we are in education for the students. You know, you have to remember this. And I say this because I've had to remind myself of this often when it comes to graphic novels, manga, and comic books. Thankfully, not as much anymore because more and more people have come to realize the power and benefits of this literacy medium. Mm -hmm. But once in a while, I still have to defend the use of these books. Yeah. Graphic novels may not be traditional literature, but they are literature and they're powerful. Right. If it gets students reading, what more could we ask for, you know? Yeah. And for me, it's been graphic novels, but for others it may be makerspaces or the issue of lack of teacher collaboration, you know, that they may be wanting to fight for. It. And I say, yeah, fight for it and um, find at least one teacher that will work with you and take it from there. Yeah, that's very good advice. Thank you, Elsa. Thank you very much. All right, so as we're starting to think about next year and we're all so excited about getting back face-to-face -face and, and doing fun things, what kind of things are you starting to plan for um, as we're for next year? So one of the things that I'm excited about is um, I'd like to get more students to follow the library social media. Okay. I've just kind of let that go by the wayside and I think that um, I have to just know, get on that. So um, I'd like to have a, a follow me on social media contest okay. that, um, that a friend, a very close friend of mine, a librarian had mentioned to me that she was going to do. She mentioned giving out prizes um, like to the first person of the day to follow her on Twitter or Instagram or, you know, do a random drawing of a newly joined follower and, oh, you yeah. know, things like that. And so I thought that was a pretty fantastic idea. So I'm going to try that. That's good. And hopefully nobody is going to start the year, you know, online again. But even if they did, that's still an idea that they could take, you know, be able to tweak that because we, we need followers. Uh, to get our word out, whether we're virtual, hybrid, face-to-face, -face, no, you know, all situations. So that's good. So your high school level, what social media do you find is most, uh, the best way to connect with your, your students? At our campus, it seems to be Instagram. Instagram. Um, right. And then Twitter. But um, most of our followers as librarians seem to be the adults, mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, which is fine. You know, that's great but I want, I would like to have more of the students okay. as well. Very good. All right. So at this point, you know, we're 15, 16, 17 months um, after the pandemic began, uh, which is just crazy to think it lasted that long. Um, but what, what's really been like your biggest takeaway? What kind of impact has this had on you professionally? One of the best things to have come out of this for me has been that now my colleagues and I have a stronger working relationship than before. And I mean like the other librarians, the high school librarians I work with. Okay. Um, I have to say that I work in a school district where pretty much all the librarians are rock stars. Wow. They do amazing things all the time. In fact, this last school year, we had nine librarians selected as educator of the year at the respective campuses. Oh my goodness. That's pretty neat. Right? Yes. Yeah. So everyone's already doing a really great job. But when the pandemic hit, 
the school hit and the schools were shut down, many of us worried about the security of our jobs, you know? We needed to make sure that people, especially the higher ups knew that even though we weren't in our libraries, we were still active and contributing to the service and education of our teachers and students. Mm -hmm. And um, I have to say though, that most of us do work for administrators that know our work and what we're about. But as you know, I mean, there's always still people out there that don't see us as educators, but rather as glorified clerks. Yeah. So yeah. what we did is that we came together and we started meeting weekly and then biweekly. And we collaborated on a number of different ways in which we could meaningfully and visibly serve and assist our teachers and students. Mm -hmm. And this was really great too, because it helped our morale and it helped us stay strong and motivated during this last year and a half. Mm -hmm. And we're just, we're gonna continue doing that. Yeah, that is awesome. Uh, and so was this, did y'all just meet as like the high school level or did y'all, was it a district? Okay. Yeah, at the high school level. I mean, we did have librarian meetings periodically, but it was um, all librarians or all secondary librarians. And um, this, what I was just talking about was just uh, the high school librarians. Very good, all right. So y'all found a way to really um, strengthen yourselves, um, make your, yourself stand out. So that is awesome. Yeah. Okay, well, you have mentioned graphic novels several times, you know, as we've been talking. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about uh, the value of, of graphic novels, comic books, and, and manga. Yeah, so all that, those graphic novels, manga, comic books, that's my thing. Um, if you ask anybody, um, in my district librarians, I mean, they'll tell you, you know, uh, <laughs> that's my thing. Um, so um, I'll start off by, by telling you how um, I got into that. Okay. Um, I first started using graphic novels my last year teaching. We were about to start The Scarlet Letter. And even though I like the story and I think it's a really great story, I always had a hard time getting students into it. There's just a lot of fluff that you have to get through first to get to like the kernel of like the great story. So that last year I had already started my library science degree. So I was getting, you know, I was being exposed to different ideas and things like that. So I found a pretty good uh, comic book or graphic novel version of the Scarlet Letter. Okay. And I read that to the students. And that year I had the most success teaching the Scarlet Letter, I could tell that the students got more understanding out of it, and I was able to do more activities with them. Okay. So then, as a librarian, uh, I've collaborated with teachers using graphic novels and comic books and manga in their classrooms, mm -hmm. and every time we've out, we've had success stories. I mean, not a hundred percent, you know, from the kids, but we usually have you know some kids that will say that they're finally finally excited about a book that they're reading a book for the first time wow. they're actually looking forward to reading another book and this is why i have fought for graphic novels why i defend them when teachers and parents say that graphic novels are not real books or that they're not good enough you know so i use these as a starting point for students who don't want to read or who struggle to read, especially due to language barriers or some kind of like special education issues. Um, and I do have to say though that graphic novels don't always appeal to these 
populations, for, but more often than not, they do. But it's twofold, it's two things. So I use it with the, that population, but I also use it to um, bring in or support the students that read this medium. Um, I'm very proud of the extensive graphic novel, manga, and comic book collection that I've built up. And I'm glad that I can provide these for students because the students that read this, very often they get made fun of or teased for reading kitty books. Oh. And I want them to, to I want to validate their reading interests. And I, I want to let them know that they are supported and encouraged. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to support them as much as I want to support the, the, the students that read fiction and you know your traditional books. Um, but in addition to this, I've also uh, for the last four years put on a district Comic-Con. Oh, wow. and it, yeah, and it's, it's open, it's geared towards secondary students. It's free, but it's open to any secondary student in the city, not just in our district. Okay. Um, it's called NerdvanaCon. <laughs> and uh, while the convention, oh, I apologize. I mean, um, while the event has the conventional Comic-Con events, uh -huh. it is first a literacy event. Okay. And students get to learn about different writing skills and of course about different books from authors. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I said, of course, we also have everything else like cosplaying and gaming, etc. Yeah, wow, that's so exciting. And you've done this for four years? Yes, so actually three because of the pandemic last year, uh, we had to cancel, but we still uh, continued with, uh, we have some contests, we have um, like a 90 second film contest and a graphic novel contest and an art contest. So we continued with that, okay. um, but we had to cancel the whole thing. Yeah. So just, do you do it on a weekend or is it during the week yes. or school time? Yes. Or, okay. We, um, we would do it the second Saturday of November. Okay. Um, but for this year, we've moved it to the first Saturday of December. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna have it again this year, but it's going to be virtual. Um, we we just don't want to risk it, and um, a lot of the people we approached to be presenters were not comfortable doing in-person events uh, for 2021. Yeah. So we decided to go virtual for this year. All right. So you, you mentioned writing. Like, what other kind of um, do you call them breakout sessions or like what? I don't. Yes, exactly. Breakout <laughs> sessions. Yes. What kind of Describe those breakouts to me a little bit. So when we approach someone to present for us, um, well, especially like authors, mm -hmm. we ask them to um, make it more of a workshop. It's okay. not so much a presentation about you and your life. You can't talk about that, but we want to, for every session to have a takeaway. Um, so like what teach a skill, how to write uh, female villains or you know something like that. So you teach a skill, teach something about writing. Um, and then we have other sessions like um, coding or um, how to be a YouTuber or you know just um, everything okay. con related. <laughs> so are there artists kind of people there too? Because I'm thinking about you know the visual effect of those books. Yes, right, right. So we also bring in artists and it's the same thing. Okay. We ask that they teach a skill. It can be how to draw hands or how to draw expressions or how to draw uh, book covers, etc. Okay, great. 
And so for the listening audience, we will put a link to NerdvanaCon in the show notes. So if you're curious and want to see a little bit more about this event, um, you'll be able to go there and, and click the link. But it is nisdnerdvanacon.com. Um, yeah. We'll have that link there for everybody. But what a fun thing. So thank you for doing that. Do, do you end up with some adults there as well? I'm curious if they're kind of attracted to the idea. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, we've had uh, college age kids and the parents of, you know, the students. And even, I mean, of course, they bring in the younger kids, too. I mean, we don't turn them away, but yeah. we do get families that, that come in as well. Super, super fun. Well, Elsa, thank you for doing that for your community and then inspiring the rest of us um, to, to think about things like that. So, <laughs> so Elsa, what do you do to, to keep learning and growing? Because obviously that's an innovative idea, you know, that you learned about or came up with somehow. Like, where does your inspiration come from? I was talking to uh, the librarian that I used to work with in El Paso because my uh, district at the time had two certified librarians. You had a, a, a head librarian and the secondary librarian and she was a head librarian. Well, after I moved here, one of the times that I went back to visit, we met up and she mentioned that her new school district, cause she had moved school districts, okay. um, was going to start a, a Comic-Con. And I thought that is such a fantastic idea. And so that's how this started. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. All right, so um, I'm sure people are gonna wanna follow you and, and learn about this event and other things that you do. Where, where can they find you online? So um, the it, it's for the, the, the my, sorry, my library social media. And it's uh, Twitter is at Taft HS Library. Okay. And for NerdvanaCon is at NISD NerdvanaCon. And then Instagram is at NISD Taft Library. And for NerdvanaCon, it's at NISD NerdvanaCon. Very good. And we're on Facebook as well. You can just Google Taft High School Library or NerdvanaCon. Okay, very good. That's exciting. And again, we will also share um, the website um, for that Comic-Con, that how, how fun that you, you're doing that kind of thing. So Elsa, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. I really appreciate your time and, and this, just your willingness to share your ideas with everybody. Um, thanks very much. And I, I look forward to learning some more about everything that you're doing. Yeah, thank you again. Um, this is a lot of fun. I appreciate it. <laughs> Good. You have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.